Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, December 8th. An update on how the city of San Diego is trying to prevent fentanyl overdoses. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The Oceanside City Council has rejected a proposal to create a new policy for flags that are allowed to fly from city flagpoles. Two city council members had asked for a policy that would limit flag displays to government flags and some specific commemorative ones. Their proposals stem from a request to fly a Sanctity of Human Life flag at Civic Center. But LGBTQ activists were concerned the policy would ban pride flags, which the city has never flown. This week's vote leaves the current practice in place. Community members can ask to display special flags, but the council does not have to say yes. State lawmakers will have to fill a $68 billion budget deficit next year. The state's nonpartisan legislative analyst office says it's due to a sharp dip in tax revenue this year. Gay Pettick, who leads the LAO, says lawmakers could patch the deficit by dipping into the state's rainy day fund and pulling back billions in one-time money that hasn't been spent yet. We can get to $68 billion uh, without having to make reductions to ongoing programs. Republican state lawmakers blame Democrats for what they call out-of-control spending. Governor Newsom is required to present his plan to fill the deficit early next month. San Diego Superior Court officials are warning of recent attempts by scammers to take money from San Diegans by posing as court or law enforcement officials over the phone. The scams typically involve someone asking for money orders or cash to resolve court-related fines and fees. The scammer often says, that if the payments aren't made, the person will be arrested. San Diego's Superior Court officials say the court will never call someone on the phone asking for money. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria gave a status report yesterday on the city's efforts against fentanyl. Reporter John Carroll says the mayor also talked about the threat of a new drug. Mayor Todd Gloria says last year, 410 people in the city died from overdosing on the drug, an 800% increase over five years. Gloria says the unhoused population has been hit especially hard. It's the number one cause of death in that group. Gloria says since he issued an executive order last year cracking down on fentanyl, arrests are up 53%. Now he says there's another problem emerging that's even worse than fentanyl. I'll also be leading the charge to support Governor Newsom's legislative efforts to increase penalties on Trank, uh, a Narcan-resistant mix of fentanyl and xylazine that is driving even more deaths. 
The CDC says xylazine is an animal sedative that's not approved for use in humans, and the agency says it's especially dangerous when combined with fentanyl. Gloria says prosecutions for fentanyl-related crimes rose 1,000 percent between 2018 and 2022. John Carroll, KPBS News. The Jewish Festival of Lights began at sunset last night. Education reporter M.G. Perez says this year's Hanukkah takes on deeper meaning in the shadow of the ongoing Israel-Hamas war and acts of anti-Semitism. A 22-foot, 1,500-pound menorah made with a thick skin of quarter-inch steel now hovers over the House of Shabbat, a home away from home and safe space for thousands of Jewish students on the campus of San Diego State. In late March, a security camera caught someone in the act of what police later said was a hate crime of vandalism when they destroyed the outdoor menorah. Josh Soper is an engineer who grew up in San Diego with no connection to SDSU. But he says the anti-Semitic vandalism was personal and he was compelled to design the replacement. We thought it was just replacing a menorah and then the more we did it, it just started becoming more and more fantastic. Police have still not captured a suspect in the hate crime. The replacement menorah and landscaping improvements at Shabbat House are being funded by private donations. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. The deadline is just around the corner for public comment on the environmental impacts of a proposed warehouse in Oceanside. North County reporter Jacob Ayer says, there's pushback from residents who live nearby. Last month, Oceanside released a draft environmental impact report for the Eddie Jones Warehouse, slated to go between the Oceanside Municipal Airport and the San Luis Rey River and bike trail. The draft EIR found little impact, but residents near the project disagree, including D. Keck. And our opposition is on the size of the development, the number of trucks that will be generated in and out of there, the fact that there is no known tenant. The 32-acre site has a proposed 566,000-square-foot warehouse and distribution facility. It'll also have 114 truck terminals, plus parking space for 60 truck trailers and 590 parking spaces for employees and visitors, according to the draft report. People have until December 11th to read the report and submit written comments to be included in the final document, heading to the Oceanside Planning Commission, sometime next year. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Military veterans and families gathered yesterday on the flight deck of the USS Midway Museum for Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Military and veterans reporter Andrew Dyer has more. It was 82 years ago on the island of Oahu that a sleepy Sunday morning turned into a day that lives in infamy. In San Diego, the day's marked, as it is every year, with a ceremony on the flight deck of the USS Midway Museum, a ship itself named for a battle in the war that followed the attack. Thursday's ceremony was the third without survivors of the battle. Local survivors Stu Headley and Clayton Schenkelberg died in 2021 at ages 99 and 103. To the inexorable passage of time. Midway Marketing Director David Kuntz says even without them, the ceremony means just as much to their families. And it's been over eight decades which means the youngest Pearl Harbor survivors today are probably 99 years old. So 
While intellectually we understand that they're not with us, emotionally it's very difficult. The ceremony closed with ringing bells, a wreath-laying, and a vintage aircraft missing man flyover. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Coming up, our KPBS arts editor and producer joins me to talk about her suggestions for holiday events to check out. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Nine months after the San Diego International Airport abruptly removed a public art piece, the work is resurfacing this time at a nonprofit art gallery in Logan Heights. Investigative reporter Amitha Sharma says the new and expanded exhibit opens tomorrow. So this is going to be like a handout at the show. Still going to figure out how it's going to be displayed. Designing a detail as simple as a display is thrilling for artist Evan Apodaca as he installs his work at the Athenaeum Art Center in Logan Heights. Its debut there tomorrow caps a bumpy journey. In March, San Diego International Airport officials unceremoniously stripped the wall near Gate 48 of Apodaca's public art video piece, critical of San Diego's military presence, after an onlooker called it woke BS. That person's comments went all the way up to the chain of command in the airport, which directly caused the removal of the artwork. The artwork is named Monumental Interventions. It expresses opposition to the local military-industrial complex and its role in world conflicts through the mouths of beheaded statues of well-known figures. The severed heads are computer-animated and speaking the words of San Diego residents. A statue of former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher asks this. Do we want to continue to create an economy that believes in death and destruction? Just weeks before the airport slammed the door on the piece, Apodaca says the Athenaeum opened theirs to showing the work at its center. Executive Director Christy Mitchell declined an interview, but in a statement, she said the center was interested in offering Apodaca a solo show because of his hyper-focus on issues affecting southeast San Diego. Mitchell added, quote, his video works are the result of years of research and thinking, and we are excited Excited to be making them available to our audiences and to provide a space for various perspectives. Apodaca says the Athenaeum's invitation has renewed his excitement about the project he started in 2017. It's not easy to enjoy sometimes because the subject matter is so intense. It's about violence. The fact that someone wanted to support me in getting these ideas out there just felt like a dream come true. 
Elizabeth Larison of the National Coalition Against Censorship has called the removal of Apodaca's work from the airport censorship. She says the advantage to showing artwork in non-governmental spaces like galleries and museums is they may be more receptive to contentious ideas. Particularly if it goes with their brand or their mission or the artistic tastes and expectations of, say, like their clients and their audiences. They may be less concerned with controversy. And while it may seem like Apodaca's art might get fewer eyeballs at a gallery instead of an international airport, Larison says suppressed work any kind draws even more interest. That's what happened when singer Barbara Streisand tried to get the California Coastal Commission to get rid of a photograph of her Malibu home taken to document erosion. There's something called the Streisand effect, which takes place, which means that the attention brought by the Censorship Act itself can help artists show with other places. Apodaca expanded monumental interventions to include a segment on the grave environmental effects of the nearby Navy base and shipyards on Barrio Logan, considered one of the most polluted communities in California. The communities that are adjacent to these shipyards that lost their access to the ocean when these shipyards were created are communities that have the highest rates of asthma and other diseases among the population. Apodaca has also added pieces to the exhibit. One highlights a map depicting San Diego's defense contractors, what they produce, and where they sell their weaponry. We know it's a military town, but we don't know the exact violence that is inflicted. And when you see the specifics of the violence, those are things that individuals in San Diego don't know much about. But he adds, those are the very things we need to know. Amita Sharma, KPBS News. Apodaca's exhibit opens at 5 p.m. tomorrow at the Athenaeum on Julian Avenue. It's easy to get caught up in the stress of everything that needs to be done ahead of the holidays. But it's important to enjoy this time, too. Arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans is here to help us do just that. She and web producer Leslie Gonzalez created a list of holiday events to check out, and she's here to talk to us about it. Julia, welcome to the San Diego News Now podcast. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Julia, before we get into your suggestions, I'm curious. Do you have any traditions you do this time of year with your family? Yeah, so I grew up in England, so bringing some of my own traditions from my childhood back to my family is important to me. And food is a really big one of those. So we'll make mince pies and and eat traditional English Christmas foods like the pudding. And yeah, and we're also really outdoorsy. So I, I try to force my kids to go on at least one sunrise hike, like on Christmas Eve or New Year's Day. Is there anything on the list that you want to check out with your family? I think I, I definitely want to check out the sustainable ice rink that's in Julian. It's brand new this year. Um, I love spending a lot of time in the mountains, but I don't necessarily like the crowds that happen whenever it actually snows. So this seems like a good compromise. I love driving around and finding new areas where people have decorated their homes or their businesses. What are some of your suggestions in terms of the best light displays to check out? There are a ton, and I always come back to one of the oldest ones. It's Christmas Card Lane in Rancho Penasquitos. It's You can park near Black Mountain Middle School and, and kind of walk in and walk around. 
And yeah, I remember this from when I was a teenager. It's definitely this longstanding tradition there. They already have lights up on view, of course, but the official opening night is this weekend. And they will also have in the future a golf card parade that's on December 23rd. But there's a ton of stuff to do if you go any night. There's miniature trains, photo opportunities, and uh, some of the houses will be serving snacks or, or selling hot cocoa. Ice skating is a popular activity this time of year. You mentioned you'd like to go ice skating. What are some of the rinks that are popping up around the county? Yeah, so the Sustainable Ice Rink in Julian, that is at Julian Farm and Orchard. But the, the big three are the VIS Outlet Center, there's uh, the Rady Children's Ice Rink that's in Liberty Station, and then of course the Hotel Dell, they call it Skating by the Sea. So you can go there if you want to be the envy of all your Instagram friends from other states. Oh, that's right, Julia, and uh, people are very envious of our weather here in San Diego. What are some of the outdoor holiday activities people can enjoy? So this is a little off the beaten path, but Lions, Tigers, and Bears, it's this animal sanctuary near Alpine. They're opening up the doors when they give their rescued animals their Christmas presents. It's mostly food for them, but it's all gift-wrapped, so you get to see them play with, with wrapped Christmas presents. And they also have food trucks, Santa, and music, and there's a full bar, or you can get cocoa. It's a really nice spot, and they do such important work there. So it's this Saturday from 2.30 to 7.30, and Alpine can get very cold, so don't forget to bundle up. There's also quite a few holiday parades coming up. Which ones stood out to you? So for me, the big ones are the boat parades. Um, there's the Mission Bay and San Diego Bay Parade of Lights, as well as one at Oceanside Harbor, and they're all this weekend. Mission Bay is, it starts at 5.30 on Saturday, uh, the 9th. The Oceanside Harbor is also Saturday night from 7 to 9. And San Diego Bay, that um, goes over two Sundays. The first one is Sunday, December 10th, and then Sunday, December 17th. That one starts at 5.30, but on their website, you can find times where the boats will be seen at particular points um, that you can see around the downtown area and even Coronado. The big holiday event of the season, of course, December nights took place earlier this month. But what are some of the upcoming festivals listeners might want to check out? Yeah, so there's something called Coastal Christmas. It's at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. They have lights and ice skating. There's a Santa, little fireplaces and a holiday market. And another one on my radar is the World Beat Center. They do an annual Kwanzaa festival. It's four nights from December 26th to 29th. They have nightly candle ceremonies, also music, poetry readings, drumming, and they do a full theater production too. There's, there'll be a traditional meal and they hand out things like free heirloom seeds to families that attend. Some of our local theme parks also get festive this time of year. What's happening at some of those? So Sesame Place, they have um, daily Christmas and holiday activities. There's a Christmas parade. They have a giant tree and story times. But this Sunday, December 10th, is a special Hanukkah celebration. There's going to be dance parties, a menorah lighting ceremony, Hanukkah-themed story times, and games. And of course, the zoo has their jungle bells with a light show and music and stuff every night. But the Safari Park also, that's in North County, and they also have their own. They call it Wild Holidays. It's a really great chance to see that park all decked out with holiday lights. Julia, thank you for all your recommendations of holiday activities around the county. I've been speaking with KPBS arts editor and producer, Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia and KPBS web producer Leslie Gonzalez worked together to put together a list of events on our website, and you can find that at kpbs.org. 
Julia, I wish you and your family the happiest of holidays. Thank you, Debbie. You too. And speaking of the holiday season, if you're planning to add a four-legged family member to your home and make it a holiday season, you can do it without paying an adoption fee. The San Diego County Department of Animal Services is hosting a special fee-waived adoption event on Saturday for all its dogs, cats, and other animals. The event includes a visit from Santa Paws and will be held at both their Carlsbad North and Bonita South shelters. That's it for the podcast today. San Diego News Now is produced by Emmeline Mohebi and edited by Brooke Ruth. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join me on Monday so we can start the week together with the day's top local news. I'm Teppi Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Music